ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Monday, November 23rd. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, whole true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original white beer. We got a lot to get into today. It's a Monday, of course. We don't have a Marshall game to talk about because the Thundering Herd were off. Guess what? The Thundering Herd off again. Double buy coming up, but we do have a couple of coaches to talk to you with today. Uh, we've got Tim Cramsey. We have got Brad Lambert. Usually we don't get a hold of these guys, so with the off-week doc not having his normal press conference today, we got the coordinators, so looking forward to hearing their comments. So we're going to get that for you a little bit later on. Also, a lot happening Let's start with the December 5th Marshall home game against Rice. We've got a time for that. It's going to be noon, and it's going to be on ESPN+. Plus. So if you've got ESPN+, Plus, you've got that subscription, and you can't go to the game, you're covered there. If not, it's real inexpensive. I think, what, $4.599? Totally worth it. There might be more Marshall games on the platform. Don't know yet. We haven't seen really what the basketball television schedule is going to look like. That's going to be coming out here sooner than later. But ESPN Plus for the December 5th game. Marshall taking on Rice. It's going to be noon, so that means 9 a.m. airtime right here on ESPN 94.1 at a.m. 9.30. Now, Western Kentucky and Charlotte, they've got a different time to play. A lot of doubt if that game was going to be played. Well, Western Kentucky and Charlotte, the game now moved to Tuesday, December 1st. 10.30 a.m. on a Tuesday. 10.30 a.m. Why? Because this will give the 49ers the time to clear COVID protocol. So they'll be clear out of the protocol. All good, we hope. And so we have got Tuesday football, December 1st, 10.30 a.m. I'm going to be listening to a little bit of that. You know, I'm going to dial up Randy Lee. I'm going to see if I can pull up here on a Tuesday, the Hilltopper Radio Network, and, and tune into uh, our good friend Randy Lee for that one. 10.30 a.m. How about that? Not Usually we go on the air at 9.30 or 10.30 for our pregame. No, no, 10.30 a.m., they are kicking off. Talk about, I hope this isn't a trend, but I kind of like it. little Tuesday. You know what? Forget Maction. Conference USA is jumping ahead of the Mac. Forget the Maction on a Tuesday. We get Conference USA action 10.30 a.m. That's, um, we'll be all at work that day. It's not like waking up at 10.30 a.m., and there's a football game on a Saturday or a Sunday. No, it's – which is – what is like on the West Coast? You wake up and, hey, let's get some breakfast and watch some football. It must be nice on a Sunday just to wake up. Whatever you did on a Saturday night, you wake up on a Sunday and you look at the clock and it's like, hey, let's, let's, go, get some, let's go get some omelets and watch the football. That must be the life. It really must be. This, on the West Coast – just to have that option, breakfast and NFL football, not not late lunch. 
honey, no, 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 I can't be working on your honey to-do list here. No, that's not happening because I'm watching football. Early here in the, well, you might have to get up and really extra early to get that list done if you want to try to take advantage of that early football. None of that happening on Tuesday, December 1st. No, sir, 10.30 a.m. for the Hilltoppers and the 49ers. Now, Louisiana Tech can't just catch a break, can they? Louisiana Tech's game at FIU canceled because of FIU's lack of healthy players at a key position. What that means is they don't have the depth to play without getting somebody hurt or injured. Got to cancel that one. So, again, Louisiana Tech, this team, they can't buy a break. Can't really get that schedule going because every time you turn around, it feels like Louisiana Tech is the most penalized team in Conference USA when it comes to cancellations and postponements. So, here we are. It's Monday. Already shifted one game to December 1st. We're canceling another game. We got the time for Marshall and Rice. That's going to be noon ESPN Plus on December 5th. So it's early. I'm sure more schedule jumbling will happen. And still, Western Kentucky has been able to dodge all the bullets. So far, Western Kentucky hasn't had its schedule impacted by this just yet. Give it time. We're running out of games for it to happen, but give it time. It really will be, I think, the Conference USA crowning achievement if that happens because that means every Conference USA team will have been impacted if Western Kentucky's schedule is postponed or canceled by any COVID-19 issue. Now, I came in to work this morning. I was not feeling good. Not sick or anything. It's just not feeling good about the day. Because yesterday, I'm trying to get some stuff done. And I've got the radio side of things on. I'm listening to the Bengals. It wasn't on TV. I I had the Sunday ticket, but I decided, you know what? Let me get some stuff done. Take advantage of this day. And I've got the radio on. I'm sitting back. I'm thinking, all right, Bengals, Washington. it, It should be an interesting enough game. Doesn't matter. It'll be fun. I'm sure Joe Burrow is going to make it fun. And it's a close game. And then the worst thing that possibly could happen, happened. Something that I have predicted, prophesized, worried about. The one thing we've all been concerned about. Will that offensive line get Joe Burrow injured or killed? Thankfully, it wasn't murder, but I'm sure it feels like it. Joe Burrow goes down in the third quarter yesterday's game. Here's what it sounded like. Here's how it sounded to me, the horror of it all. Dan Horde with the call on the Cincinnati Bengals radio network. Burrow back to throw from the two, loops it high downfield. Leaping attempt by Boyd, broken up by Fuller. And after gaining seven yards Uh-oh. on the first play, Joe's Joe hurt. Burrow is down. Joe's hurt. And he's grabbing his left knee, oh, and he's God. in pain. Oh, God. Allen, I think, put the hit on him, and Joe Burrow released this football. They had seven up at the line of scrimmage. Giovanni Bernard went up to the line of scrimmage and picked up his rusher and blitz pickup. Finley's going to have to get ready in a hurry. Looks like Joe Burrow's in trouble. The biggest nightmare for Bengals fans this season was an injury to rookie quarterback Joe Burrow. And he was in serious pain at the end of that play, reaching for his left knee. Nightmare is correct. 
So Burrow goes down, and you heard Lap on that call. Jonathan Allen, defensive tackle for Washington, he gets blocked into Burrow's left plant leg. And this was right at the end of the throwing motion. He's blocked right into the left plant leg. And the opposite side of of, of Burrow, defensive end Montez Sweet, hits him. So Burrow goes down. You're seeing him in pain. It's a knee. I've had problems with my knee before, so I know what that could possibly feel like not to that extent though I had a um I, I had to have you know surgery on my knee I didn't go down like that I was actually walking on the on the knee on the leg the day after I wrapped it up I thought I had a major sprain no 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 I, I had some of what happened to the Joe but apparently uh, not at this level because I was actually able to to walk to a degree the MRI today revealed that Burrow tore his ACL, his MCL, and he suffered other structural issues in his left knee. We haven't really gotten an official word yet from the Cincinnati Bengals, but there are enough media reports out there. We know the extent of this. And so he's out. He's not coming back. Season's over for him. I mean, he even tweeted that out yesterday. And the NFL, a lot of the players, a lot of fans, you know, wishing him well, a lot of well-wishers, I'm sure, made him feel good about his pretty bad situation. Where do you go from here if you're the Cincinnati Bengals? Because you're looking at not really an upgraded quarterback. You don't have a veteran behind Burrow that, okay, he can come in and and save the day. He's not the future of the program, but we had someone back there who could come out if we need him, no. Ryan Finley. So the Bengals are in a situation now where I, I don't know what to do. Offensive line is uh, shifted every week. You got I I think I actually got a waiver offer to be on the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line at one point. I turned it down because these guys, while trying their best, if I've got the future of my franchise. At quarterback, the future. I'm building around this guy. I start building. I'm spending the money. I'm finding anyone and everyone that possibly could protect him. I am not sparing any expense. I'm working however many deals I need to to protect the quarterback. And it just hasn't happened. I mean, they've gotten better schematically, but at the same time, I would have thought it happened against the Steelers of all teams, not Washington. The Steelers. I was sitting there thinking, okay, it's over. He's going to get murdered out there. And thankfully, that wasn't the case. But you look at this freak accident. Got to get a lineup. When when he's back next year, I hope there's uh, some players that are different and better in front of him, making sure that no one touches him. You put that much time, energy, and monetary value in that position. You need to make sure that the guys up front can protect him because you know, it doesn't matter how great of a quarterback he is. If he's seeing a defender in his face every other play, not going to win you many games. And that's where we stood on Sunday with the news today. The MRI revealed more. 
for lack of a better term for me, the NFL season, I'm just watching now. I'm just looking at it for it's something to look at. The Bengals, I'll watch those games, but where do you go from here? Do you do you try to go out and win the rest of them? Well, obviously you do. But at the same time, you think, well, we don't win many of these games here. We're going to be okay. Maybe we can get a good draft pick. Maybe we can get a good – maybe we can draft someone on the offensive line, someone that's going to be able to protect the quarterback. I'm not saying tank. I'm not saying tank. Don't do that. But if you're trying to build your franchise up, that's a good way to do it. We've got so much more to get into. Uh, later on, we're going to hear from both Tim Cramsey, Brad Lambert. we got their thoughts. Uh, we've got some things happening as far as COVID-related issues we're going to get into. We'll get your phone calls in. We've got Monday Night Football coming up tonight. The Rams at Tampa Bay. You can hear it right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So a lot happening tonight, and we'll get into it all when we continue on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. It's The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to the Monday edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Had a chance to uh, listen in a little bit of the Zoom meeting today with Offensive coordinator Tim Cramsey. Also got a chance to listen in on the defensive side of the ball with Brad Lambert. Usually we're hearing from Doc Holliday on a Monday, but because of the off week, the second off week, Marshall's had to endure. This is the second time that you've got to go this three-week period between games. And so these guys are getting really good, thankfully, at handling these different situations. And that was one of the first things we talked about today with offensive coordinator Tim Cramsey, just adjusting to the daily changes. Every day you wake up, it's completely different every single day in 2020. Yeah, you know what? Well, we've been we've been living that way since this all started, going all the way back to whatever it was, March, April. Um, as you know, that's what we've been preaching to our guys, and that's how we've been able to uh, to address it to them. Um, you know, and. Things change, things adapt, you know, all the time, but especially in 2020. So right now we're in a mode where, you know, we're, we're back to where we were going into the, uh, was it the App State game? Or was it after the, I think it might've been after the App State game where we had three weeks in between. Um, so this week is going to be, or this last week, early part of this week is heavy us taking care of us and get, you know, getting guys back to zero as far as health wise, uh, getting back to fundamentals, getting back to timing, getting some good versus good going to stay fresh, um, getting the young guys some work. And then later this week, we'll, we'll pick up on a normal bi-week deal uh, with Rice on, uh, on uh, December 5th. As much as I think we all would like to see Marshall play a football game, and, and that's the ultimate goal, to play every week, this has been good in a way, I think, because guys are staying healthy. You don't have the normal wear and tear. And yes, you want to play. You don't want to have these massive chunks of time in between games. I understand that completely. But if you listen to him, there's some good that did come out of this. 
get to work on yourself, get guys back to being healthy, get some depth built. And I think we can turn that into a positive. Completely understand you're thinking, well, no, I just want to see a football game. And I get it. I'm with you there. But that could be the positive here down the stretch these next few weeks. These guys staying healthy, being their very best. Whatever the conference championship looks like, I'm sure Marshall's going to be there. And if so, Marshall's going to be in its best condition possible, I think. We're going to cross our fingers on this one. One question that was asked of Coach Cramsey, with everything that has been happening and the way that 2020 has played out, does it feel like, with this situation we're going through right now, does it feel like Groundhog Day? You know what? It, it To an extent, yes. Um, but you know, I mean, that's, that, that's part of this year, uh, as what's going on, take football out of it. It's part of your personal life. Um, you know, are your kids going to school today? You'll find that out sometimes, you know, 10 o'clock at night, the night before and stuff like that. So, you know, you have, to, you know, again, I, I hate to give the coach's answer, but you have to be ready to adapt. You have to take it with a good positive attitude. You have to be ready to, to, to adjust what you're doing. And, um, is, is it heartbreaking at times? Cause you want to be on the field playing? Yeah. But. I mean, there, there's everyone in the country is going through it. I mean, Clemson, Florida State found out the day of the game they weren't playing. You know, Temple and uh, who was that? Temple and, and East Carolina found, almost found out that day. You know, so that's just what's happening right now. And 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 you got to roll with the punches and you know keep a positive attitude about it and come to work every day. And and uh, you know what what do we have to do today to make ourselves better and give us a chance down the road? And that's what we got our players thinking. That's what we're thinking as coaches. On to football itself, not just the fact that you're repeating the days it feels like and you're trying to do all these things that are keeping you ready to play football. One of the questions that was asked of Coach was, just how good has this wide receiver room been? Guys have stepped up, taken advantage of opportunities, and how good has that room been for you as the season's progressed? Uh, you're very happy with that room in general. That you know, uh, I forget who I was talking to last week, but that was a question mark coming into the season. Um, it was it was a position that you know had a rough 2019 with some injuries and and a young room. Um, they've been playing with the chip on their shoulder. The thing I'm I'm happy and and most proud of that room is they're playing together. There is no back and forth as to who's getting the catches or who's getting the playing time. They get excited. They get more excited when somebody else makes a play than when they make a play. Um, and pretty much everyone in that room at some point this year has stepped up and uh, and, and stepped in, I should say, and, and done a great job from Talik to Artie to Willie to um, Corey to Brock uh, to Shadid right down the line, you know, and, and uh, you know, we're, we're, we're able and, and confident to go you know, six, seven deep in that room, um, which is huge, you know, and you guys have probably seen it. Um, we're a heck of a lot more 11 personnel this year than we ever were last year. Um, and, and that's, you know, credit to what Coach Bake did with that room and, and what those guys have, have done. There was a follow-up question. You hear Coach talking about guys being happy when someone else makes a play? I don't know if you have to explain that, but the question was asked, so Coach had to explain it. The question was, why are the other guys happier when someone else makes a play? This is the philosophy you should take from Coach Cramsey. Um, you know, that, that's where you want to get it to, and that, that's how we preach. Um, you know, another thing you, you guys might be seeing is, you know, is someone different every game, and that's the way I want 
I hate to say my offense, our offense to be is, you know, when you look at the, at the stat sheet, it doesn't matter who it is, but it's seven catches, six catches, five catches, four, four, three, two, two, one. You know what I mean? And that's the way it should be. And to me, that's harder for a defense to prepare for than if you had every game, one guy with, with 15 catches and then four other guys with one catch, you know? So that's kind of how we, we uh, distribute the ball around and, and move guys around and, you know, it's just preaching the team mentality and the excitement mentality where we as an offense and as a program, we don't care who gets a touchdown as long as somebody in the offense is getting, getting the touchdown. That's the point of a team. Everybody is winning. Everybody is doing well when everybody is putting in the work. And, you know, if somebody scores, that means my team's got the lead, right? That's how it should be. There was another question Coach Cramsey I thought answered appropriately. He was asked about the offense. Has it arrived? How pleased are you with it? You know, is this an offense where, okay, here it is. We've got it where we want it to be. We've got it. It's ready. It's arrived. No, that's not happening with Coach Cramsey. We'll never arrive. We'll, we'll, we'll never be where we have to be. Um, and that's just a mentality you have to have in, in life and, and as a football player, especially there's a, there's a lot of improvement that, uh, that can happen and a lot of improvement that has to happen for us to continue to do what we're doing. Um, what, what I'm happy about is that there's, um, you've, you, you've seen some times where you've adjusted, you've seen some times, um, you know, FAU game, we went down. I think that was the only time this year we were down, but we went down and four plays later, we got the lead back. You know, um, Middle Tennessee, the first three or four drives, you know, we had a really short touchdown after the turnover, uh, but the first three or four drives wasn't where we wanted to be. But, you know, there was no panic. There was no uh, alarm. There was no stressing. It's just line back up, play the next snap, and, you know, things turned, and we, we made some adjustments. Grant started making some throws, and Steven started making some plays. And to me, that's what I'm proud about. But to say you, know, say you arrived at, you know, you, you'll never arrive is always – there's always a next step or a next, you know, once you get to a certain goal, um, then you should be setting different goals to reach uh, to see how far it can go. And finally, one more pearl from Coach Cramsey. This is more of a, a fun one. Thundering Herd got an opportunity as a team to get a Saturday off. Coaches, I'm sure, got to watch some other games. So that was a question asked of Coach Cramsey. What'd you watch on Saturday? Yes. Um, right after I, I try, I wake up early and get the uh, honey-do list done as quick as I can for my wife <laughs> so <laughs> I can sit down and watch some ball. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, what, what I, who I like to watch are guys that I know. Um, and this is the same thing I do in the offseason when I, when I study film in the offseason. Uh, I like to watch guys that I know um, and kind of see what they're doing because it, it makes a little more sense to me because I know who they are and I know how their mind works and, you know, stuff like that. So when you watch them, uh, it makes more sense to you than when you watch, uh, you know, let's say Clemson, where unfortunately I don't know anyone at Clemson, you know, they're doing cool stuff, but you don't know why they're doing it. You know, when you watch Ohio State and you know Ryan Day, or you watch UCLA and you know Chip Kelly, you watch North Carolina because you know Phil Longo, what they're doing offensively makes a little bit more sense to you than, than just watching straight football. That's a good point there. If you're familiar with someone and then you watch what they're doing, you have that basis, that context. And I think that's what he's talking about. Hey, I can see what's going on here, and I have the context. I understand why that's happening here. So it's fun to hear from Tim Cramsey, the head coach of the offensive side. Well, 
offensive coordinator. I don't want to promote him just yet. Uh, I don't think Mr. Hamburg would appreciate that. So Marshall offensive coordinator Tim Cramsey, we appreciate his thoughts. When we continue, we're going to hear from the defensive side of the ball with Brad Lambert when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our phone lines this hour brought to you by Miller Lite, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Miller Lite holds true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Had a chance earlier this afternoon to catch up with a couple of Marshall's coordinators, Tim Cramsey on the offensive side, and we've got Marshall defensive coordinator Brad Lambert. And first question that was asked to him, and I thought it was a really good one, what is the one thing that you are most surprised about from this defense? And I I thought it was a pretty good answer. Now you'll hear it too. How well we've tackled. Uh, I think our guys have really tackled well in the open field. That's been a been a huge plus for us. Uh, you know, big plays are usually a result of a missed tackle somewhere, and and the guys have done a really good job of taking their shot and the next guy in. Uh, all, all those things you you talk about, you know, pursuing the ball, and they've done a really good job of that and playing playing extremely hard and tackling well in the open field. So I think that's been a huge surprise. I think it's a fair assessment. I mean, these guys have been on the ball. These guys have done what it takes to keep this herd team going on the defensive side. I think they have been really impressive all season long. Now, I think Marshall's gone down this road before, so it's old hat at this point, but we've talked about these long extended gaps between games. Everyone's had to go through it. Every program has been impacted for the most part. How hard is the question? Is it to keep the team focused for a second bye week? Yeah, uh, and I think that's, uh, you know, been the good thing is coaches approach to, um, you know, really, really honing in on the twos and the threes and getting good depth because, you know, we've talked to our guys all fall about, you never know when your number's going to get called. Uh, You know, I use EJ Jackson, for example. Uh, We're playing FAU, we're down Nas. Uh, and then Derek gets, you know, a helmet-to-helmet targeting, so he's out of the game. All of a sudden, E.J. Jackson has to go and play the whole second half, and and I think having these breaks gives you a chance to get a guy like E.J. Jackson a lot of reps, you know, against your offense, um, and I think that's the one thing that's really good about this, but it is a, it is a challenge to keep everybody's – keep them all sharp and into it and and from that standpoint. But I, it's really been pretty good uh, the second time around for us. Uh, and I've really, you know, especially you didn't have spring ball, so you couldn't – a guy like Charles Bell, a guy like JoJo Evans, just those are guys just that I work with daily that just need a lot of reps. And so you're, you're afforded that opportunity over this period of last week and this week. So really just let them play and, and let them – see it going fast and and so that's that's been a huge positive force but but it's it's tough it's not it's not easy to keep everybody's attention for sure but but i think the kids have done a good job of it and we're playing for a lot so everybody's staying tuned in pretty good tim cramsey on how hard it is to keep this team focused pretty pretty impressed with um the way his team has gone through this and 
something else he's impressed with, and this was a great pearl. Usually, you talk about your own unit, but the guys on the other unit, the guys on the other side of the ball, that's what stood out for 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 Coach Lambs. That is what has really stood out. So, Coach Lambert asked the question, how impressed are you with what Tim Cramsey has done with the offense? And um, short answer, he's impressed. Huge benefit for us uh, on the defensive side to play against these guys every day um, because we get challenged on the back end. We get challenged on the front end with our offensive line. Uh, and then Grant's progression has just really helped us. He's a guy that, you know, he – He's not just a runner, not just a throw. He has the ability to do both. So it keeps you on your toes as a coach and a player. You know, like, oh, wow, that got out on us in practice. We need to make sure, you know, that we're handling that. So I think it's it's just been a huge benefit to go against our offense and and their ability to tie up the clock, run the ball, convert on third down is just huge for our team. And I think that's really been big for our football team is our offense to convert on a th- on third down and our defense to get off the field on third down. Um, you look at the game uh, against middle, I, I think we only played three or four snaps in the fourth quarter. I mean, our offense had the ball for, I don't know, 13 minutes maybe in that quarter. Well, it's just, I mean, that, you know, you, you just, it's just huge for you defensively and, and having the ability to go against those guys every day has just been, uh, done wonders for us defensively, that's for sure. Something else that was asked of him, again, we got a chance to talk to these guys an off week, really not talking about a specific game. So you get Saturday off, you'd like to be coaching, you'd like to be playing, but instead you got to do your honey-do list, right? Coach Cramsey had a honey-to-do list. I don't know if uh, Coach Lambert had a honey-to-do list, but – he didn't get a chance to watch some other games, so good for him. Here's what he had to say about having that Saturday off and getting to watch some games. I do, I do. I uh, I enjoy watching uh, college football on Saturdays. I watch it a lot different now, Chuck, than I used to. Uh, when you start a program and you and you start a, a football team from zero, you really watch the game a lot different. Like not just the football part of it, but I always just say, like, who picked that uniform and how did you come up with that? You know, like, because you had to do that. You had to design, you know, all those things you never do as a coach. You had to do as a startup. So it's, I enjoy watching college football on Saturday and, you know, I have two boys and we we, we enjoy watching it together. And, uh, of course, I get a lot of input at home on how we do things at Marshall. And, and so they tell me what I do wrong all the time. So that's always fun. But. Yeah, I'm sure it's a lot of fun. Hey, um, coach, um, dad, coach, um, yeah, you shouldn't have done that. Think how that conversation goes. That's probably another time. What specifically are are they saying to you? What are the changes they want you to make? That should have been a follow up question. Instead, no, I think we dropped the ball on that one. But coach did say something that I thought was really interesting. Again, we're talking about Marshall defensive coordinator Brad Lambert here in this segment. Coach Lambert, he's watching games and he's he's getting some some enjoyment out of it, but he's as he alluded to, he's not just watching for fun. He's getting more out of it than just enjoyment, as uh, you'll hear from uh, his uh, his statement. 
And, and the other thing that I watch a lot of is game management. How do people handle timeouts at the end of halves, at the end of games? Uh, you can always learn as a coach when you're like, you're like, man, I don't know about doing that in that situation. And, and it's a good time to learn when you're in a relaxed environment. So that way, when you're, when you become under pressure on Saturday and have to make those decisions, you're just more comfortable in those, in those situations on Saturday. So I think having a chance to, you know, kind of go through that in your mind when you're just kind of sitting on your couch and you don't have the, the pressure of the game on you. It's like, hmm, that was an interesting decision or, you know, probably wouldn't have done that or that was a good decision. You know, things you learn from watching other people, I think is huge. Brad Lambert, as we enjoy or not enjoy the second off week, we've got hopefully action coming up in the near future for the Thundering Herd. But as of right now, unless something crazy comes out in the next few hours or tomorrow, no game on Saturday. So here we are once again in another bye week. When we continue, we will get your phone calls in, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Lots of cancellations, lots of postponements. I'll go over some of them with you when we continue on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping up today's edition, Monday, November 23rd, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Still more things are being taken away today because of COVID-19, and uh, unfortunately the pandemic continues, and the first thing that uh, is of major note, Duke making the announcement that their Wednesday night game, the basketball game versus Gardner-Webb, postponed. So... The determinations made this morning, there's a positive COVID-19 test within the Gardner-Webb program, so they're going to try to make up the game later date, so reschedule there. Old Miss, the basketball program, the men's side, pausing team activities until December 7th because of COVID-19 and going to have to cancel the first four games on the program schedule. Coach Kermit Davis tested positive for the coronavirus last week, but they were going to proceed. They were going to move ahead. They were going to start the season. They had assistant coach Ronnie Hamilton. He was going to be the interim head coach. Didn't last long. Here's the the quote. Due to positive COVID-19 tests and contact tracing within the Ole Miss men's basketball program, the Justin Reed Ole Miss Classic and the matchup against Memphis have been canceled. That's what the school announced. That's the release. And so Ole Miss, some games are being canceled. Tennessee, the Volunteers, the men's basketball program, pausing all team activities following multiple positive COVID-19 test results among what it calls Tier 1 personnel. Tier 1 personnel for Tennessee Coaches, student-athletes, team managers, and support staff. So this comes out this afternoon. Positive tests, according to um, the information released, results were detected during routine COVID-19 surveillance testing, which is conducted three times a week in accordance 
with the NCAA and SEC guidelines. So lots of programs, lots of other programs announcing what attendance is going to look like. I'm telling you right now, there are some schools, they're not letting anybody in. It's friends and family only and strong emphasis on probably family. Not too many people are getting in on several programs. I think Notre Dame uh, issued something to that accord. Marshall, lottery happened. I've seen all anecdotal here. I've seen people already trying to sell tickets. Nobody's trying to scalp here. It's just, I can't go. I won the lottery. I can't go. Would you like my ticket? I've seen that, so I know the lottery has has happened, and we'll see how well this goes. If this game is played, or if this game isn't played, then what do you do with those tickets? I'm sure those will be moved forward. It's interesting, to say the least, that Marshall has been able to, where other programs haven't, to at least have some limited fans. And... Wednesday, we go on the air. Tip's going to be 6, so we go on the air at 5 o'clock. I'll be here with our pregame, and then I'll be right back here in the studio with you afterwards for our postgame call-in show. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I had a chance to uh, be a part of today's presser with Dan D'Antoni. We'll hear a lot of that on Wednesday. Uh, We'll have player interviews as well. Take a look at what games are happening in college basketball and Conference USA. So that's all coming up on Wednesday. So we appreciate you coming and tuning in on Wednesday. Normal time. Usually we go on the air at 5 o'clock for the show. We're going on the air this time. We're going to be on the air 5 o'clock for the pregame. Just a shorter show, but stick around. We'll have the basketball action. And, again, uh, the TV, I've asked. Hopefully there's going to be a, a more definitive schedule or at least a, a clearer picture of what television is going to look like, what your options are going to be. So that's going to be coming down the line. Stay tuned for that. And, of course, once we get it, we'll talk about it as well. Uh, so don't go subscribing just yet to everything. I mean, if you don't have ESPN Plus and you can't go to the football game, you want to get that for the Marshall game against Rice. You want to get ESPN Plus or do what I would do, listen to the game right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Have your radio with you. Or I mean, you might be doing this all a card here. I don't know. I don't know what the TV plans are going to be. You know, if some of the games are going to be on Stadium, some of the games are going to be on ESPN Plus, some of the games are going to be on Conference USA TV. What's the TV package going to look like? How convoluted or how focused will it be? Those are so many questions that I don't have answers to right now. I'm waiting though. I'm suspecting though it's going to be pretty straightforward, and for the most part, it's going to be digital. Again, probably for the most part. There are probably a lot of games that are going to be digital in-house because you can do that stuff now. Yeah, You've got the capability. You can put these games up on ESPN Plus, and you can make sure that the fans see your games. Some programs, what was it, East Tennessee State University, ETSU, giving season ticket holders. They're going to put all their games, it looks like, on ESPN Plus. So they gave their season ticket holders access to ESPN Plus. I thought that was pretty cool. want to make sure that the game is seen. And I'm not saying that that's something Marshall should do, but at the same time, yeah, schools across the country are making do with what limited fans are going to have, more so in basketball than in football. And I know those ticket dollars do help the program. I don't know how much uh, the 
video streaming dollars come back to Marshall, how much of that do you get? Um, probably more so if it's on the Conference USA package. Those are questions that we're definitely going to investigate. But as it stands, we're going to call it a night. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, we've got Monday Night Football coming up. Los Angeles Rams taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll have that for you. Kickoff is set for 8.15 p.m. Catch it right here, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Back tomorrow. We'll do it all over again. Until then, good night. Flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.